Podcast. My name is Todd Perry. You know me. To the right of me is Jeff Harmatz coming back for his unprecedented third show. Hey, hey. Uh, Jeff is a uh, comic book artist, a graphic novel artist, a graphic novelier, novel novel yay. And uh, Quinn coming back for another show. Hello. Now, no Buck this show, but Buck will be back very soon. I'm sure Buck's very pissed at this point. <laughs> Buck, Buck had to work. Uh, while we've been doing recording, and so we're going to let Buck make some cash, and but we will still entertain you with some stuff. Now, today's show is going to be a little different. It's just going to be a, uh, it's not going to be a uh, altogether radio sounding show. It's just going to be a bunch of vignettes of little things we wanted to talk about, <laughs> but didn't make up for a full show, so we'll just hit them all today on the Far Out Podcast. And one thing I was thinking recently is uh, a couple weeks ago, Paul McCartney, former Beatle, came out with a solo record. Right, and uh, it's it's produced by some of the hipper names in production. And Paul, Paul, Paul has this way of like I I love the some of his early wing stuff that some people kind of diss. Like I like some of a lot of Paul solo stuff. A lot of Paul solo stuff can get a little sappy, and you know not 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 quite edgy. But Paul still has the gift of melodicism and can still bring a good song every couple of years. Every well, one, uh, once, mm. every, once every few years, yeah, perhaps. Paul, Paul mm. will drop something and go, oh, Paul still got it. Mm. But there has been a tidal wave since like the year 1995 where Paul McCartney has digressed to where a, a large proportion of his songs are just kind of like, I'm going to give you advice to a friend. And Paul has a way of being very <laughs> redundant lyrically. Mm-hmm. And so like it's like uh, I, I figured that maybe you could just kind of write a modern Paul McCartney song quite easily where it's like Dear friend You are my friend I'm gonna give you unsolicited advice about being a friend I will tell you things many different things that a friend would tell to a friend I have a billion dollars but I'm still (laughs) concerned with your welfare cause you're my friend we all need friendly things you're a friend here's some unsolicited advice that I can give you cause friends do friendly things and that's what we do and it's poignant Cause I was a beetle in those days Had a woman with one leg She took my money <laughs> Come on, you're a friend Here's some advice Don't ever eat yellow snow Don't piss in the wind You're my friend I knew John Lennon (laughs) Yeah Channeling a little bit of Frank Zappa there Yeah Looking for love I'll come running to you So I was reading an article uh, recently about um, how all mammals, uh, from the teeniest, tiniest of mouse or bats, to the the great African elephant, uh, every mammal pees for 21 seconds. Really? And um, I heard you talking about um, shedding technique on a previous episode. Yes. So I hope this doesn't ruin peeing for everybody like it has for me. But but that, that topic actually ruined shitting for me. Because now, after I learn the correct way to shit, whenever <laughs> I'm shitting now, I try to... like. Can I get my feet up a little bit? Like, I feel like I'm pushing too hard. Like, it's really gotten into my head where I can't naturally shit anymore. You know? Yeah. 
I hope um, I hope the audience doesn't feel that. I hope we didn't ruin everybody. You probably did. Um, I you know I had heard that before, and it hasn't affected the way I handle that business. But since I heard the twenty-one second, and it's not a rule; it's an average. But when I'm at a urinal, I find myself uh, counting to twenty-one to make sure that I'm doing it right and that mm-hmm. I'm still healthy. That you know, as a gentleman get older, we have to worry about uh, prostate issues and things mm-hmm. like that. So I'm always like, this is twenty-one seconds, and usually it is twenty-one seconds, but. I don't know if you have an animal. I know you have a dog. Yeah. I have a cat. I, I have a dog. It's harder to tell how long a cat pees. Are you timing? Do you have like a little stopwatch when your your cat's taking away? I'm thinking of get, getting one, but I don't think I want to stick my head in like that litter box. It already sounds pretty fucking crunchy, and I don't want to get it. smells terrible. But, but you can you can step back and you can look at your iPhone. And you can. Like, my my cat is a proper young lady. I'm not trying to like infringe on her peeing time. But with a dog, you take that dog out. You watch that dog pee all over a tree. Uh, I was curious if you guys had an idea I, of how long it takes for a dog to pee. I, I have a female dog that lifts her leg when she pees. <laughs> and that, that's kind of one of those things that's reserved for, for male dogs. Is she a lesbian dog? Uh, you know. You've seen you that know, dog licking some other she, dog snatch. No, no, she's fixed. I mean, she's got no uh, no interest in, 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 in sexuality, in doggy sexuality. But, uh, but yeah, she lifts her leg when she pees. And, and she is kind of impatient about it. She'll go until she's bored and then and then sometimes she'll still be peeing when she's walking. Does she mark her territory like a male dog does? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. No, the, the thing with my dog is that he usually he pees in quick spurts. Like he's like I see this one tree that's right up from the house, I'll hit that real quick and then I'll move over here and I'll hit this. But whenever like maybe he's been, you know, asleep in the room all night and I take him out in the morning and I love this when there's kind of a little bit of dew on the ground and Furry Murray sits and he straddles and he whizzes and you ever see where they're like the, the hot dog piss hits the morning dew and like you get this nice little like <laughs> that dog piss is You're so regular hot. Robert Frost over here. <laughs> and you get there is the, nothing the, golden can stay. There's this waft up of like <laughs> steam that comes up from the piss yeah. and it, and the, the dog just lifts his head up to the stars and he's like oh and that I could maybe time for 21 seconds. <laughs> I think that's an old Nordic uh, fortune-telling technique where you try and decode messages out of uh, dog piss steam in the morning in the snow. <laughs> now I feel like I got I to gotta time it, but it doesn't feel like 21 seconds is about like my average piss because I always, I always round up to 30. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it always depends on your bladder size. And I don't think I have a huge bladder. I have maybe a, an Todd, average. don't be modest. I think it's enormous. I do have a – thank you. Jeff, maybe have a very average. I have a very average bladder. Yeah. Well, all right. So I was in a bar last night, actually, and um, it's strange. A, oh, uh, who could believe that? <laughs> yeah. But it, it's like um, it's a, like kind of a, a biker slash punk rock bar. It's in like a weird little sector of Los Angeles, and they have one of those gross bathrooms where it's just like you open the door and you see the guy at the urinal, and we it was super crowded. We were all kind of packed in there waiting for this dude to pee, and he's like he couldn't pee, and he was talking to us and. It's like, I just can't, I can't do it. You guys are all watching me. It's a crowded bathroom. And we were, I tried to give some good natured jokes. I'm like, oh, what do you think of this guy's pee technique to the guy standing next to me in oh, front of the line? Help. But then the guy in front of me started getting real mean. He's like, yo, you got a small dick, dude. I'm like, I can see your dick. It's real tiny. Oh, my God. oh, oh uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Jeez. So the guy couldn't even pee. So he got back in line and waited for the stall to open up so he could actually pee. And it took him a while to even do it in there because like. Some gentle, good-natured ribbing. I, maybe I was over the line, but the guy in front of me was like kind yeah, of no, rude about yeah, over the line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you were fine. I, I mean, that, that was not a big deal. It's the number one bathroom social um, so f- social faux pas. First of all, is looking at another man's wiener who's peeing yeah. next to you. Second of all, to comment on it. I've never yeah. even seen that. I had one great moment. Somebody, somebody should have decked that guy. <laughs> Seriously, you should have taken him down in the bathroom. There's people. The people in there, like I'm the weenie of that bar. It's no one in there is the person I need to get win a fight with. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, tattooed face dudes and guys with bigger beards than me. Yeah. So. You you should have gotten Eastern promises on his ass. Yeah. Beat his ass in the bathroom. You know, I I, uh, <laughs> I once had a great moment at a urinal where uh, I was peeing next to another gentleman. And as we both laid our wieners out and started peeing, he said, uh, this water is cold. And I said, yeah, and it's deep, too. (laughs) You both knew the Richard Pryor joke. Next time on the Far Out Podcast. 
Well, I haven't been on the show lately because it's been very busy, though. Yeah. I've got the truck. I'm actually doing some... I got a call from an agent the other day. Really? What, like a literary agent or... No, no. Talent agent. Movies. Big oh. time. Big time. Really? Yes. What movie? So, they heard past shows. I guess uh, they listen to our podcast. Yeah, we do have people who are in the industry who listen to Far Out. It's shocking to me, but yes. And they actually heard um, of the buck. Oh, really? And of doing the buck. Your sex move yes. that offended an entire nation might be in Dolby 3D. I'm talking Fifty Shades of Grey. So you're going to be in Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm auditioning, baby. Doing the buck. Tomorrow. Okay, so um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, it's been a long time since we've seen our good friend Buck Perez. Yes. Yeah. Remember about a month ago, I did say that he was like a cross between Dracula and Nicolas Cage. That's exactly what Buck looks like. That, that is pretty accurate. That's kind of uh, what, a, what a description I wish I could be described in that way. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is more like last night, you know, I called Buck and I said, Buck, you know, you can't make it on the show. And then, but literally like two minutes after in the conversation, he's like, something come by tomorrow, right? And like you, you're working. He's like, all right, cool. And then we keep talking, and I'm like, so Quinn's coming by, my buddy Jeff. And then he's like, so what time am I coming by tomorrow? And I was like, you just told me you can't make it because yeah. work. Oh yeah, that's that's true. I won't be there. Is it dementia? Do you think it's potmentia? <laughs> potmentia. Yeah, it's like it's this weird form of Alzheimer's, yeah. which just is like pot Alzheimer's. Well, if he's a combination of Dracula and Nicolas Cage, those are perhaps two of the most eccentric fictional characters uh, in the American literature. <laughs> that's so. True. I'd like to see Buck Perez like starring in Nicolas Cage films. Like, <laughs> Buck Perez leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> oh man, my mom and I fucking drink. You know, like, I can't even think of another. Oh, this is so we we gotta do these on YouTube. Seriously, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get Buck to do this. Does he own like a lot of uh, castles and comic books? Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna buy myself another fucking castle. <laughs> I always do a black voice when I'm doing Buck because yeah. Buck is, Buck is brother like. You know, he has. You know, m- many of his friends are African American. Buck has very, ma- very many brother-like tendencies. You know? See, I always think of Buck's voice more of like, a, hey, like he's he's more like he sounds like Yogi Bear to me. To me, he's like, what's going, what's going on, man? Shit, <laughs> fuck that noise, <laughs> motherfucker. Like that, you know. That's how I see Buck is like an Oakland drug dealer. Is you know? he from Oakland and is he a drug dealer? <laughs> he's from Pedro. We should have just done an entire show talking about Buck. Yeah, like, I, that's what I was hoping for. Yeah, Buck could listen to it later. He'd be like, oh shit, man. Far Out Podcast is now on Stitcher. Listen to us on your iPhone, Android phone, Blackberry, and Palm Pre. Stitcher is smart radio for your phone. Go to Stitcher.com and download it free today. Years ago, I uh, with some friends, we, we came to the conclusion that in terms of curse words, that we use all of them so freely that none of them really mean anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Like if I say fuck, eh, I can almost oh, say it, to Betsy. I yeah, I say it in a work meeting. It's not a big deal. The only the only thing that has a little bit of uh, build up on it is if you say the c word. And we've used that on the show many times. We had a, a ghost that haunted this garage called the cunt ghost. It was like <laughs> cunt. sounded exactly <laughs> like that. So Scary. there there are no curse words that are truly. Really, really take you out at the knees. Unless maybe you drop a C-bomb on your woman when you're arguing with her, and that'll, <laughs> that'll, that'll end your relationship. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a hard one. That's, uh, that's like the neutron bomb of uh, things to say in an argument. But your woman is from Australia, and so they freely use that word just like they use and or or. Everything's, yeah. oh, fucking cunt. Yeah, it's like, it's just cunt, oh, this bread is uh, cunty today. <laughs> so years ago, some friends of mine, we developed a word... And I want to share it with the far-out audience. Now, I feel like if I say it, we have to bleep it on the show is the problem. Okay. Wow. We have to bleep it because if I utter it, it has such a strong connotation. But I feel that as a society, like if, if, if listeners to the show start using this word, then we'll have another cool word out there that actually is when you really need to take out every last motherfucker in the room. <laughs> and this started because years ago, uh, there was a fight between friends. And one of them wanted to call the other guy a motherfucker. But he fucked up, and he went – he delved deep into him, and he was so much enraged he couldn't <laughs> say motherfucker right. And he just – okay. 
He called him a okay. Think of the word sluggo. Okay, like the old DJ on K Rock, mm-hmm. or and think the of what Nancy character. Yes, very good, nerd. <laughs> and what in this in my hand is a coffee mug. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying sluggo, take off the SL and add the first word for mug. And so you're calling the guy basically a muggo. Mug. Oh, God. It, it hurts me to say it. And so years ago, amongst some of my friends, amongst <laughs> Oscar, Buck, all these guys, we would re- use that word but never say it. And we'd just say, oh, Hitler? Oh, he's a fucking muggo. <laughs> Well, all right. Can I can I take can I take like just issue with the word for a minute? Well, I mean, obviously, I offended you because I used the word. In no, I'm, I'm not offended. But if you're inventing a new curse word or using an offensive term, the reason that words like fuck and cunt and slut and dick and cock all work is they have those hard consonants at the mm. end. And muggo sounds like kind of mushy. It sounds kind of soft. It's like it's like a clown name. Yeah, not when, not- I'm muggo the clown. <laughs> Not when delivered with a, the appropriate hate it deserves, because like any word, it's all about context and delivery. So if I yeah. say, ah, fuck, it doesn't really mean it. I'm like, fuck, you know what it means. Now, muggo, you got to learn how to wield it correctly. You'd be like, you're a motherfucker. Muggo. And if you draw, put a fuck or a cunt, you're a cunt fucking muggo right next to it. That's just, that's supposed to take a motherfucker out also, of the knees. Also, if you're like a cockney British guy and, you know, you're in the Harry Potter world and you're, you're, you're going to Hogwarts and, and you're like, hey, hey, hey guy, he's a, he's a fucking muggo. Right. Oh, because oh, oh. it sounds like muggle. That right? just hurt me. It sounds like muggle. Muggo. He's a fucking muggo. He's a fucking muggo. So you should be able to use now the audience should be able to brandish this term now. And we're going we're gonna to make this a thing. And this is going to make the Urban Dictionary. So whenever you really feel the need to use it, I've only used it twice in my life. I referred to Hitler as a muggo. Mm-hmm. And then one of my friends that was really fucking fucking up my polarity one night, I laid it on him. And you know what? My other friends were like, well done. Well played. The guy's acting yep. like a fucking muggo. And the muggo is the, oh my God, I'm, I've never used this word so freely in my life for decades. <laughs> but I'm going to bleep it out because people don't need to hear it. They only need to just feel it. You can't see in the uh, as listeners at home, you can't see it, but I'm in tears just hearing it over and over and over again. It's offending it's, you. It's, it's fucking me up. Yeah, it's the late-term abortion of words. <laughs> and I love it. So you want to use that on somebody? <laughs> I might. <laughs> so maybe on the far out pod- I don't think we'll ever use the term again, but it's just people should know that there is a <clears throat> word worse then the worst curse words. You know, on- I uh, don't use my last name on this show, as, as you know. I'm I'm just Quinn. But I think from this moment on, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to be Quinn Muggo. I know we were um, both, we were not in India together, but we both had Indian experiences. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeff, you lived in India for a while. Uh, I was there for about three months for work. I wouldn't say I quite live there, but I do want to live there soon. But I, if you can call three months living there, then yeah. yes. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I, I guess um, I know that uh, on the last show we were talking about uh, horror things and snuff films and things like that. Uh, but I actually, the first thing I saw when I got out there, I saw somebody uh, get run over. An old woman got run over uh, by a uh, moped on a motorcycle. Whoa. She may have died. She may not have died, but she didn't wake up, and they just loaded her up into a tuk-tuk. And I know you saw now, some... Now, a tuk-tuk is like a little... Um, it's like, like a three-wheeling cab. Yeah, three people can sit in the back, and they're a yellow pe- and green. A petty cab. Yeah, yeah. but motorized, I right. guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like <clears throat> I got off the plane, took the the uh, the the taxi to the place I was staying, went out to smoke a cigarette, and watched an old woman get demolished. That's crazy. And I know you had an experience with some dead people as well when you were in India. So yes, I did. I did see, see some dead people in India. Now, um, now, now when, when they put, picked her up in the tuk tuk, was there a big? Um, was there a large amount of outrage that this woman no, had got hit, or did everybody no. just go about their business? Everybody just they loaded her up in the tuk tuk, and the guy that fucking ran her over in his motorcycle just like popped back on his motorcycle and drove off. And her sandals, which flew across the street, were there for like weeks. Mm-hmm. And this was, to be fair, this was in Sri Lanka, in Colombo, the capital, not India, but yeah. 
similar. Yeah, it's like the New Zealand of Australia. So yeah, hmm. New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had experiences, and I, I talked about a little bit on the India show about uh, seeing dead people in India and how that gave me a, a concept of reality that was completely foreign to mine. And that's why you buy the ticket and take the ride yeah. and, and, and go to India because you see some different shit. And I, uh, I saw two dead bodies. I saw one on fire at a cremation that was right as close as you are to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a body on fire, and I also saw people bringing people to. The crematorium that were uh, completely uh, dead, as to my knowledge, because <laughs> I, I would hope that if you're burning somebody, they're dead. To be mm-hmm. fair, yeah, yeah. You know, unless it's, it's like a well spontaneous human combustion, I'm sure that happens in India mm-hmm. just as often as it happens here in America. Yeah, I'm sure you just walk by and somebody just spontaneously combust. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, I mean, that was the takeaway: is uh, the freeness in which people perceive death. And coming back from India, I, I, I thought that was a very valuable experience. Yeah. Because, you know, we're all going to die, all three of us. And, you know, one of us is going to die before, not experience the other person's death. And then, hmm. you know, and that's a weird thing. I'm sure the weird thing is I'm sure people have listened to the different podcasts I've done over the years. I'm sure somebody has died. <laughs> Right? Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, you have thousands of people that listen to you. I'm sure somebody has, like, passed away and in their brain locked away is, like, our shows. Right? Uh, Do you think this garage is haunted by the ghosts of your listeners? I hope so. It was haunted by the cunt ghost for a while before Buck Ghost busted it. But, (laughs) you know, but people have died that have, you know. And then you think of how many people that you've just met and had casual relationships that you didn't know have died that have died. Like, you know, maybe, maybe some guy working at your local Chevron. Has died, but you don't yeah. know they're dead. Yeah. Just... People, people that you pass on the street, you know, all yeah. of a sudden you don't see them anymore. And and uh, this is a wildly off topic. I mean, it's on the subject of death, but uh, I'm sure you guys have had experience where you're just like, you know, you're hanging out with a girl and you're like, and she dies? you have a relationship. <laughs> choke her out, maybe? <laughs> she hasn't died, but it's always like, if she died, like, you'll never hear from her again. Mm-hmm. And you contact, you can't contact her family. You're having a casual, weird sexual relationship mm-hmm. with her, like, I had a, I was uh, in a relationship with a girl who actually went into a coma for a little while, and I never heard from her. I'm like, yeah, fuck that bitch. Like, oh, she's not yeah, calling you're me back. trying to text her? Yeah, I texted her. I'm like, she's not calling me back. And then I found out months and months later that she was in a fucking coma, and I'm like, mm. oh boy. I feel now, like why did you, why did she fall into a coma? I don't drugs want drugs or no, it was not drug related. I would like to make that extra clear. So the sex wasn't that good. <laughs> you can have good sex if you're not hopped up on. Uh, Goofballs, <laughs> Quinn. <laughs> yeah, Qu- Quinn. Quinn's a sober one in the room, you know. Yeah, fair. <laughs> so, uh... oh well, well, on the uh, uh, another thing on the subject of death, and this was also a Sri Lankan thing, which unfortunately I was not there for, but a friend of mine sent me photos of this. Hmm. They had um, traffic in. In India and Sri Lanka is always terrible. Yeah, I mean, people complain about traffic in America. <laughs> oh. But when you're stuck on the 405, it's, you know, there's a Lexus in front of you. <laughs> yeah. There's maybe like a, a weird ass truck or maybe like a weird ass van. But in India, there's a camel behind you, there's an <laughs> elephant to the right, four people on a moped. Four, an entire. Fa- I saw <clears throat> literally six people on a moped, <clears throat> like a baby just strapped around somebody's. You know, head like you go to wow. Mexico and you people in Mexico would go to India and be like, "Fuck this shit." Yeah, <laughs> we have lanes. We, they don't have lanes in India. It's just wherever you can fit your car. Yeah, that's crazy. Which is horrifying when you're driving down mm-hmm. a street and you're in a van full of all of your loved ones, like your best friends and and your wife, and you're literally going what you feel is the opposite way, but it's just the way. And there's another car coming straight at you, but <laughs> both the Indians guys know I'm going to break right, you're going to break left, and nobody hits each other head on. Like, I don't know how that – that's the weird thing about human communication <laughs> is, like, we do have that weird bird thing or ant thing. Like, we see ants and they, they know mm. not to hit each other and they go the opposite way or there's birds flying and they all fly in unison because there's this common kind of core understanding vibe. I don't know what it is. I agree, and it's underrated. Like, we, we, <laughs> we admire the birds, yeah. but we got that same shit too. Like, you know – it India teaches you that. It, yeah. it doesn't work that way just walking down the street in America. Like, have, have you ever had that thing? You're, you're walking down the street and somebody's walking at you, and you do that thing where, like, you, you both, like, sh- keep shifting side yeah. to side, and it, and it goes on and on. And, and it's like, rather than switching to the opposite side, you just keep going to the same side. Nobody ever gets 
past each other. Well, it never I, happens in India. I think in India, they have a developed sense of this. It's and like, crazy. It just never happens because yeah. everybody's like, you're going that way, I'm going that way. We have this weird uh, yeah. mental... Collective subconscious that Jung would discuss. Yes. Everybody's really deep into that in India, and, and, and people here are too disconnected from yeah. it because of our modern conveniences, which are awesome. <laughs> you realize Wonderful. coming out of India yeah. that, like, hot showers, the shit, <laughs> you know, but. Um, well, just to, just to cap this up, <clears throat> the photos I got sent, um, I'll keep this brief, but an elephant died in the middle of the road, mm. stopped traffic, so. To deal with it, they brought out the chainsaws, chopped that elephant up into pieces, dragged it away. Wow. Wow. And I'm sure a couple of people had a good meal out of it. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't eat elephant when you were in India? No, I never did. <laughs> it was mostly veggie wherever I ate. But... Jeez. Is it okay for a grown man to see an animated feature film alone in the theater? Absolutely. Uh, no doubt about it. I, I agree. I would say uh, no. Really? I mean, if you're going to go see like a Pixar film, it's fine. That's bring, what I'm. T- that's kind of what I'm. What I'm referring to. Bring a but, buddy. Bring a buddy. But what? What if like you know it's the middle of the day? You got some time to kill. Everybody's all your friends are at work or whatever, and you know you you just want to go pick up check out girls. Check out a movie. No, <laughs> just you know go check out an animated movie. I uh, you know I. I I feel like it's okay, but I also feel like the judgment from others. Yeah, right. And I feel that anybody who would see that guy in the movie that had a little bit of suspicion about them yeah. would probably be correct. Hmm. You know, like, I, like I've gone to go see like comedy films by myself and mm-hmm. have laughed alone. Right. And like I totally enjoyed my alone experience in the movie theater. I love doing things alone. Mm-hmm, I'm, me too. I, I you know because you really enjoy your own company. Yep. I really enjoy my own company. <laughs> oh, well, all right. I have to. I have to take a big issue with this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I love doing things alone. You'll find me very frequently in a restaurant by myself. Wow. No problem. I love going to a restaurant by myself. That I cannot yeah. do. Bring some books. Listen to a fucking podcast on my headphones. But going to a movie Check out alone. Twitter. Why would you go to a movie alone? Like you could just watch it on your TV at your house. You could drink beer. You could pause it and go to the bathroom. But if it's not out yet yes, and you really yes. want to see so, this film, then then I understand right. that. But you have right to accept other people judging you while doing it. Yeah. The the great thing about seeing a movie by yourself in the theater is that you have the you know all the the, the niceties of you know a modern American cinema. You know the well the, the, l- the good good sound, good picture, but and also the all that gum all that on the floor stuff. and but, the assholes well, sitting next to you it, talking. It depends and... where you go. Well, see that. Okay, that's the thing. You go by yourself. It's not your. F- asshole friend sitting but it's, there it's talking. other people not necessarily you go in the middle of the day and and place is empty you I, know, I really want the option in life to be able to see a film in the middle of the day yeah i'm yeah. usually doing something <laughs> called working <laughs> my wife and i are dealing with like i mentioned uh recently you know buck and i both have have different uh work schedules and sometimes i have an afternoon free Ah oh, man, I love that. I love those those days where I'm just hanging out by myself and walking the dog at two in the afternoon. <laughs> but I, I frequently get calls from Buck yeah. at two p.m. <laughs> on a Tuesday. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, hey what, what you doing? What what, what you doing? <laughs> fucking working, dude. Like fucking paying my mortgage. What do you? Oh, oh right on, man. Um, I'm just hanging out. <laughs> I'm hanging out, Marina Del Rey. You want to go hang out? Like, uh. I am doing the work thing. I go, all right, man. Thirty-six <laughs> year old man, come on. Like I, I agree with that freedom of life, but it's also that uh that point where, you know, maybe you need to think about yourself when you're calling me at two PM on a Tuesday. Is but is Buck that guy from Good Times? You know, Dino Mike, you know. <laughs> He's Jimmy Walker. Jimmy Walker, yeah. <laughs> I, I like doing things alone. I, I I enjoy you know going to dinner alone. Oh, I, it's it's so I, I can that I cannot bring myself to do that. To me, feels wrong and weird. Like, a movie's okay, but dinner alone. Yeah, because in the mo- in a movie you're just sitting by yourself in the dark watching something. You have something to do, but like you know you're sitting there. I mean, I feel like I should be having a conversation when I'm eating. You need to be more comfortable with being alone with your own thoughts. Yeah. Maybe you, you're in your own mental prison, Quinn. No, I it's it's the way other people perceive me i think I, I i guess it's like the perception thing that i like yeah. am i uncomfortable going to movie theater alone i hate going to movies yeah. period so i huh. like i don't want I, I usually have to get dragged to a movie theater i don't mind doing things alone like a restaurant is right. great like 
Actually, the thing that I can't do alone, and I guess this might be comparable to movies, is I can't go see a band alone. I feel too awkward. I feel too mm. weird. I've done that many times. Man, I saw Tom Waits by myself. But that, but that's Tom Waits. You know, that's the loneliest music you could listen yeah, every, to. Every, everybody was there alone. <laughs> Even if you were with people, you were alone singing Tom Waits. I used to, you know, I used to go to shows alone because I was the only person into certain like Brit rock bands that nobody else was into, and I'd meet, I'd meet, I met some like good-looking girls there, mm. and like, you know, it, it was fine. But I actually, you know. From doing the podcast, people would think, oh, you know, you're a sociable guy. People like, you know, you, you, you're, you're kind of a more social thing when you when you have a podcast mm. or you're trying to be some kind of personality. But actually, I'm a, I'm kind of an introverted person who really enjoys being alone. Like, I love it when I have a whole day to myself and mm. I just sit and piddle around and I'll, you know, I, you know, I, I, I feel like I need to be on. When I'm around other people, because they expect that from me, because mm-hmm. that's just my personality. Yeah. People are like, oh, Todd's here. He's gonna be the life of the party. And I, as friends, uh, we probably, don't, we don't, we don't usually, like, we don't, we don't perceive that. that. We no, don't, no, no, we don't see that. But I feel like there's a certain social like thing I have to live up to. And so I actually really enjoy being alone. I love going to the dive bar alone and just sitting by myself and maybe striking up conversations with random strangers. But like, I could actually deal with being a complete alone type hermit mm-hmm. e- even though my life doesn't allow that maybe it's because <laughs> i'm married but i feel like i don't know i i like to be alone sometimes but if i'm at a bar if i'm at a bar by myself i get freaked out i start texting people i'm like i gotta be looking like i'm doing something but if i'm, if I'm at a bar with a friend i can go out and smoke a cigarette and smoke a cigarette by myself and i'm like you know i have people in the bar backing me up even if they're not here right now mm-hmm. and that gives me I guess more social currency. I guess. Do like, you ever go to a bar alone? You know, I I really don't. I I like to drink. I like to drink a lot. I like. I to, know. I yeah. Know. Um, but I I drink it. I drink at home if I'm not going to a bar. I'll meet people at a bar, but I wouldn't go to a bar by myself. I guess unless there was a band playing that I really wanted to see that I knew no one would ever want to go see. They can usually yell at somebody enough to pressure them into going. I guess. Yeah. So, uh, a couple weeks ago, I talked about it on a previous show. As I I, uh, I flew up to Oakland for an Oakland Raider game to go see my my joy, my love, the one pure love in my life, which is the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> and so I, I flew up to Oakland, and I uh, you know discussed this on a previous show. But I met up with my buddy, the great Mike Raffone. Uh, as we know him in New York, uh, uh, he's known, I wouldn't call him this, but my friends know him as Mike the Asshole. Yes. <laughs> he's offended a lot of my friends. Wow. God. And Quinn knows such him. Such a small world. So when we, we, we both met him back in the yeah, day. Yeah, no, he's and, an old friend, yeah. Yeah, and he's an old friend from the old uh, KECC radio days. Mm-hmm. And he, uh. We hung out a lot in New York City. I'm a big fan of his. You know, my friends less so. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think, though, like. If it was Todd or myself that gave him the name microphone, what, what, um, one of the two of us, I don't know, because I, I know that like we were doing a show and and it just like came came to one of us, and I I don't want to take credit for it, but it may it may have been me, I I don't know, but I'm surprised that all these years later people are still calling him that. But I just know him as that, and then yeah, Mike, yeah. when I see him, I'm like microphone. Right. That's a buddy. And so Mike is a, a dirty hippie that at this time was living in Oakland. Well, and you met him through me, and I he met, lived in New York yeah, with you. Yeah, you, you introduced him to me, and we hung out a lot. And when I talk about Mike with other people, I always say I've never been to a bar with him that he wasn't thrown out of. Yes. Mm. And that's that's the charm of Mike. But he's one of the most brilliant yeah. men I've ever He met. is um, I, I, he's a, the most outstanding artist, like one of the best artists I know. He's like actually mm-hmm. fucking the, super talented. I'm super jealous. So. Yeah, and he, I'm super jealous of his mind. And whenever I hang yeah. out with Mike, he's never going to give you what you think you're going to get. <laughs> never, ever. <laughs> no matter what. And Mike was out uh, and, uh, uh, about a year ago, and we hung out in Santa Monica, and he was just hanging around, living around there for a little while. And then he just he makes money being brilliant, and then he just hangs out. Yeah, and that's why I love Mike because he's like the who I wish I was. Like, there's part of me that just wishes I was Mike, and then there's other part of me that's me that has a professional <laughs> job, that has a house and a wife and a dog and a tortoise, and is living this kind of straight life. But there's part of me that wishes I was Mike. Can I go on a Can I go on a divergent topic for a minute, please? Okay. Yo, it's pretty weird that you have a tortoise. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not a thing like you say, oh, I have yeah. a wife and a yeah. house and a dog and a, mor- a tortoise. A mortgage and a tortoise. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't feel weird to me. Like, that's my homie. Like, he's going to live for 70 years, and I put him out in the backyard today. He's just going to hang out. And, but uh, you you do acknowledge that that doesn't really fit in with the other things, right? right? Did, I mean, did you have him when you were like 10? No, I just bought him uh, two oh, years ago. Okay. okay. And I've been no. raising him. No, you're, you're a guy. beautiful. You're a guy with a reptile. That's the type of guy that you are. That's okay. I like that. <laughs> but I don't, he, I don't feel like I'm a reptile kind of having guy. Like, if you you know me, I'm, I don't seem like... You're not snaky. No, but usually it's creepers that have reptiles yeah. that are guys. Are you sure you're not a creeper? But it's not a snake. It's a tortoise. And they're like this big loving, like, uh, I'm taking my time. And his shell is beautiful. And I take good care of him. And he's a loving little guy. Mm. And my dog sniffs his ass. So, <laughs> Mike, I, I told Mike, I said, Mike was living in Oakland on somebody's couch. And I said, Mike, I'm going to be in Oakland. Meet me in the parking lot of the Oakland Coliseum. We're going to get drunk. I'm going to come off a plane. We're going to watch a Raider game. And then we'll go home. Now, Mike, Mike the problem is, Mike has a problem with body odor. He's a stinky hippie. Now, he got thrown out of bars in Santa Monica, which is known for being very tolerant of hippies and homeless. <laughs> he got thrown out for smelling too bad. <laughs> so I knew going up to this, I was given really expensive tickets by like a client from my work. So I thought there might be other clients there. And I knew that Mike might be rocking a funk when I showed up to the game. Mm. So I was like, how do I deal with this? And how do you deal with a buddy that you are all about, Mike, live as free as possible because you are a angel to me and the way I wish I was like you, just so free. But at the same time, <laughs> I know you're going to smell real fucking bad. I have some sympathy <laughs> for that because I'm a guy that my friends consider to be the smelly guy. I have powerful foot odor and it's not something i'm proud of but i'm like comfortable buck. enough like to buck, talk buck about. has the same problem yeah mm. and smelly. foot odor is a lot different than an overall funk mm. i, I want to stress that like yeah. i'm working on controlling it it's been better it, it mm-hmm. ebbs and flows but i know i know the uh you know the trials of a smelly person mm-hmm. so mike rolls up to the game in oakland and i tell him i'm gonna meet him right at the end of the bart stop right in the oakland coliseum and i'm thinking mike's gonna bring a funk and I don't want him stinking if we're sitting next to a client that gave me the free tickets and I got to be kind of professional even though I'm at an (laughs) Oakland Raider game which is you know one of the most you know heinous groups of human beings you could ever hang around the definition of odor you know so to be the stinkiest guy at a Raider game the bar is very low so Mike shows up and he shows up with a 12-pack of, of Bud, which I said, and he shows up with a 22-ounce of Smirnoff ice. And I think he's trying to ice me because <laughs> that's a, the, the deal. You show Smirnoff ice and the other guy has to drink it because it's the world's worst alcoholic beverage. And I'm like, Mike, <laughs> you got a Smirnoff ice. You're trying to fucking ice me at a Raider game at 10 o'clock in the morning in Oakland? He goes, no, man, I'm going to drink this. I oh, love this boy. shit. <laughs> so Mike, Mike shows up and he's rocking a horrible funk, just like I thought. Dude, it's just like, like literally, I'm like, Aah. like he smells like death. Mm-hmm. So here's what I did. Now, you guys tell me if I'm wrong. Before I got on the plane, I chambered a secret deodorant that I keep in my car in case like I go to work and I forget to put deodorant on. I keep it in my car just in case I have like a work meeting and I'm getting mm-hmm. kind of funky. Yeah. So I brought deodorant to the game. <laughs> And I waited till I got about, you know, three or four beers in at the tailgate. And I turned to Mike and I said, Mike, remember when you had that smelling problem in Santa Monica? He goes, oh, man. Oh, yeah. And he's like, (laughs) and he smelled himself. He's like, oh, man, I'm kind of funky. I've been sleeping on a couch. I was like, well, what are you going to do? He goes, I don't know. And I was like, I might be sitting next to clients. And it might be kind of important that, like, I literally don't bring the smelliest man in Oakland to this game. And I feel like I'm selling myself out for not accepting your freedom, but it's going to be difficult. So he goes, oh, God, I don't know what to do. So I went into my pocket, and I pulled out a lady's speed stick, or secret, and I gave it to him. It was your secret together. It was our secret that me and Mike shared. And then Mike was like, oh, thanks, bro. And then Mike hit his pits up. Sorry. Well, did he do? Oh, I hope I'm not stealing the thunder. But did he do the thing where he rubs the deodorant all over his body, like on every surface? He hit. <laughs> he hit himself really hard. And then I said, "Here's the deal: when we get into the stadium, they have a bathroom. You go in there. You just fucking work yourself over and enjoy yourself." <laughs> and Mike was like, "All right, no problem." 
best smelling guy I ever hung out with ever because he did his entire body uh-huh. and we enjoyed the Raider uh-huh. game the whole time and he was totally pleasant. Well, were you in the bathroom with him? No. Did he climb into the urinal and flush it? No, he didn't go to the urinal. He went into the stall. And then he hit himself <laughs> with that thing of deodorant, and then he, he later threw it away, and he was like, thanks, bro. But you got to say that going into this, it was like, you know, you know, you know, you know when you know you're going to have to have a horrible conversation with somebody, like you're going to break up with a chick, mm. or like you got to tell Buck, like you can't come on the podcast this weekend. Like you're going to have that conversation, you feel that dread. Mm-hmm. I felt that dread, and I waited till I got drunk enough, and then Mike was totally cool with it, because I approached the situation with honesty as a friend. And now, unfortunately, because of all the aluminum that you know you covered him with, he now uh, sadly has Alzheimer's disease. <laughs> his his sad hippie body cannot <laughs> digest the amount of aluminum he put into his body. But we had a great time, and the Raiders won. You ain't come one, but minute time tainted. Police say a substitute teacher at a Pittsburgh-area high school took heroin before work and passed out in class. Mm. KDKA-TV reports that Bellevue Police Sergeant Mike Hudson says 26-year-old Christopher Chiapetta... Well, Chiapetta? <laughs> yeah, Chiapetta. wow. Does he have a big fro? His name is Chiapetta of Pittsburgh was arrested Wednesday after he passed out in front of 11 students. Authorities say they found four baggies of heroin in Chiapetta's pocket... And marijuana in his car, and that he confessed to using heroin around 6 a.m. Wednesday. Chiapetta faces drug charges, and as well as endangering children. So count. the guy, the guy, he probably had some students that were real pains of the ass. Yeah. And he had to put on a good buzz in, the, in order to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure all of us were a little bit rotten in high school. Everybody's a little bit rotten in high school. Who can blame a teacher for just trying to have like find some relief in a fucking terrible day dealing you know, with awful kids? Todd, Todd and I have both worked with children before. And, yes. um, and, we used to and, work together, and, actually. And yeah. there are days where you feel pretty like, like you've had it you know, up to here. But I can honestly say I've never thought, you know, the best way to deal with this awfulness is heroin. Heroin. I actually, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh, yeah, this is uh We're, yeah, we're getting a Stop scoop. on in. I, uh, for a long time, and, and uh, sometimes Quinn and I worked together when I would do, like, sub work when I, when mm-hmm. I was in college working for a, a certain uh, child care thing. And uh, I got to admit that one time, before I went into work dealing with kids in an after-school program, I smoked some pot around like noon. <laughs> and you work, had to be there at three. Or? And work started at three. <laughs> but sometimes, as we know, with pot or drugs, like sometimes it lasts way longer than you assume. Mm-hmm. So at about two thirty, I'm getting ready to go to work, and I'm like, I'm still high. I got to go to work. So I took like a shower, like I, I completely like tried to like de-high myself, but there was no way around it. I actually went to work like stoned. Right. And I didn't intend this, but <laughs> I worked I worked with children that day. And so I had my group of first graders, you know, and I was, you know, like 21 years old. And I had my, my group of first graders around me and I huddled them up as we do, as we're doing like whatever we do for the after school program that day. And I turned to them, I go, Mr. Todd is not feeling well today. <laughs> so if we could just take it easy on him, just for the rest of the day, just one day. Tomorrow, I'm ready. Bring it. <laughs> but just give me one day a break because Mr. Todd is not feeling well today. One of the kids was like, we need to do it for Mr. Todd. And all the kids pulled together <laughs> and dealt with the day, which I walked around stone dealing with wow. children. That's so inspiring. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? The next, you know, the next day I came back and I dealt with kids. And, and to say that I had a job for... Maybe four years where I dealt with children on a daily basis. Mm. I was I was one of the good people in this world. Yeah. So if I had one day I showed up fucking high, that's okay. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. the thing is, like everybody who has a job, and we're Gets all high. Yeah. Sometimes, well, but also sometimes it's just it's it's easier to do that job fucked up. Yeah. Sometimes it is. Not right. all the time, right. but once in a while it is. And just because you work from kid with with kids. 
it's still your job. It's still easier to do your job. It's not like, like I didn't love the kids or take yeah. care of the kids. I was just like a, a little chemically inconvenient. They're still safe, you know. It's not yeah. like you're putting them in danger or anything. You know? No, you, but there, there was no field trip that day. So. Yeah, no, we were cool. <laughs> we hung out. We played a little game. I called hide the Jarvis field stone field trip to the pizza place. You know. <laughs> Wait. So just so we're clear on this, we're all in favor of this teacher doing heroin with his kids, right? Mm. Uh, you know, we, we actually had a, a a student when I went to high school. That he it was this guy used to sit next to a math class, and he, what he did was he put LSD in the teacher's coffee, Mrs. Park, who was like you know a teacher in high school, and this guy I knew, uh, he was like a big stoner, and he actually put LSD in the teacher's coffee, and the teacher drank her coffee like no big deal, like she got up or some for some reason he put it in her coffee, and he ended up getting expelled from the yeah. school, but she ended up tripping out and not knowing what happened, and um. He got expelled from school or whatever, but she actually tripped out. Like, that is not acceptable. No. You know, drugging your teacher. But I could just imagine, like, she's in there trying to teach everybody. She's like, today we're reading Lord of the Rings. And, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and she's looking at that, like, industrial grade floor that you have in a California state school. And it's kind of creeping up on her. And if she had never taken LSD before, like, that's really, like, but not knowing it, I got to say, she might have had, like, the coolest trip. If she just got her head around to the fact that she was tripping and then enjoyed it. But I'm sure that didn't happen. But she probably thought she was dying, you know? Eight times six is the eternal wheel of karma. Far out news. Why can't you share your bit? All right. Mayor Michael Bloomberg is not a fan of the mysterious graffiti artist Banksy. Surprise. Oh, this is this is a big topic. Surprise, surprise. I have a lot to say on this topic. The renowned British street artist who keeps his identity identity a secret is doing a month-long residency in New York using the city's walls as his canvas. But Bloomberg, known for his philanthropic uh, generosity for the arts, said he's unimpressed. Graffiti does ruin people's property and is a sign of decay and a loss of control, Bloomberg said. Art is art, and nobody's a bigger support of the arts than I am. He added, I just think there are some places for art, and there are some places for no art. <laughs> wow, what, what, a, what, what a, a supporter. What a, what a boring <laughs> statement. I know. I know. There's and, places for but, art, and there's places for no so art. That's, that's a, being a, a political diplomat. That's the and, exact kind of guy that Banksy needs to take yeah, out. Right, right. It says, and you uh, and you running up to somebody's property or or public property and defacing it is not my definition of art. Hmm. So well, that that just comes down to what's your definition of art? And I've seen yeah. some of the stuff that Banksy has done. Am I saying that right, Banksy? Yeah, Bank- it's Banksy. Banksy. Yeah, Banksy. or it's Banksy. Is he I, Polish? I've heard. No, There's a Y at the end. He's it, definitely a Jew. It's Banksy. I, I've I've seen the documentary uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop. That movie is, is phenomenal. Yeah. It, uh, that movie. Completely did a 180. Like I, like, yeah. like you think it's going in one direction, and then all of a sudden you're, you're, they're like, "Nope, nope, sorry, you were wrong." And I was like, "Holy crap, that shit blew my mind." <laughs> I watched the first 20 minutes. I need to oh, finish it. I feel bad. It was so great. It's well, so great. All right, so uh, all people in California. I lived in New York for an amount of time. Oh, look at you! You live <laughs> on the fancy and pants. India. But um, Sri Lanka. Uh, but. Bloomberg is, uh, he doesn't have the right idea about, like, what a city should be. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I'm opposed to smoking bans, but, like, he's very restrictive in a way that is not my favorite thing, not to get super political. Mm-hmm. But also, Banksy is, um, and obviously, I don't think I'm saying that right again. Banksy. Banksy. Um, he's, he's good at, he's good at the stencils, but it's, it's not the most subtle commentary. Right. Like, the reason why he's popular is, like, he has some insight, but it's very easy to grasp. He's, I wouldn't say he's the great artist of our time. Yeah, I although think Shepard Shepherd Fairey is a much better artist. I haven't seen enough of Shepard Fairey's stuff hmm. to know. I mean, I know his big stuff, and, and I know Obey, the Obey. Obey yeah, and, and, I think, and then the Obama uh, poster. Yeah, I think the Obey thing's actually pretty important. And yeah. shit, man, I'm not gonna, I, I don't want to talk shit on Banksy. I like him, but he's not, he's not the most subtle of our artists, and mm. he's certainly a popular man. But... He's defacing advertisements. I don't know if you guys saw his manifesto in the shape of a Coca-Cola bottle where he's talking about how the intrusion of billboards and advertisements plastered on every fucking facet of our lives Mm. 
are there for us to, you know, reuse and take advantage of in the name of personal expression and shit. I'm sorry if I'm getting on a no, high horse. No, please. please. But, it's good. I like um, I don't know. Like, I appreciate what he's doing. And I think for Mayor Bloomberg to be, you know, I love Los Angeles, but many would say New York is the artistic uh, or cultural center of the United States. Of the from, world. Yeah, yeah. For him to be like, oh, a guy, you know, writing right. on walls is what a fucking asshole. What yeah. a criminal. Right. Like, I don't know. He's just trying to, like, make statements in a way that counts. Like, it, it matters more to do street art where people can see it than it does to have it in a gallery where, you know, just highfalutin people are going to see it. So I, I actually like Mayor Bloomberg and I like um, I like Banksy. But um, but I think they're they're both a little, uh, you know, off base, you know, like there, there's a lot of gray area that's just not even being considered by either side. So there's never going to be any sort of like, you know, compromise of like, you know, like, yeah, we can we can both agree, you know, but. Whatever. <laughs> I actually I agree with all of this <laughs> because I agree that the world is littered by advertising. Yeah. Because I work in advertising. Yeah, yeah. I write advertising for a living. I write radio ads, and I write radio ads that people hear all the time. People are subjected to mm-hmm. our brands and uh, our brand messages constantly yep. via the radio. Totally. I believe the world is littered with advertising, and I think it's it's in, it's an ugly part of the great capitalist world we live in. You know, you're going to have this freedom, but you're also going to be subjected to tons of messaging that you may not agree with or want to deal with all the time. I Mm. like the fact that Bloomberg doesn't like it, and I like the fact that Banksy is making a point of it. Mm -hmm. The fact that Bloomberg doesn't like what Banksy's doing only makes Banksy's work more more important. If you strike me down, I will become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. If the man... man, To quote your shirt. Right. If the... if the man doesn't like what Banksy is doing, that means that Banksy is doing a good job. Yeah. And I think we need to have this back and forth. There needs mm-hmm. to be a certain amount of people taking down advertising as it's presented to us. And there needs to be the man riling against him. If we didn't have this dichotomy, then none of it matters. Mm-hmm. Then private property doesn't matter if nobody's standing up for it. Right. And art doesn't matter if nobody's standing up against somebody defacing private property. So I think it's just part of this great wheel we have going, and everybody can take separate sides. But I'm glad that there's a conflict. Totally. If there was no conflict, we'd just exist in abject apathy. Yeah. And, well, the right. other thing also, I mean, from a strict property value type thing, like if Banksy defaces your building, then your building is worth, like, $500,000 more. Right. Right. I want Banksy to hit up yeah. my house. Yeah, no. that would be the best thing. I would, yeah. Banksy could come to my house. I would fucking... You know what? That would actually be the best way for all these major corporations to combat him, to all say like, yeah, please, Banksy, come come paint on our walls. The way the direction of this show is going is straight down to hell. Let's talk about uh, parties real quick okay. before we end today's show. All right. I have a list here of some of the most terrifying things about being at a party. And uh, hmm. I could see, uh, you know, Jeff, you're a bit of a partier. I've been known to be at a party once in a while. I'm a bit of a partier myself. Quinn, um, signs show that leaving the house is kind of an issue for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've been known to party in my day. Okay, okay. I'm just a little more of an old man than you guys. So I have a list here of some of the most terrifying things about being at a party. I want to see if you guys agree or don't agree. Um, have you ever been to a party where the host has terrible taste in music? Oh, hell yeah. And, and how do you deal with that? When- Drinking. Yeah? Yeah. Or, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I know it's a kind of a faux pas, but you just plug in your own iPod and, you know, play the <laughs> new, uh, horrible, like, well, shit, I have bad taste in music, so no, no one wants to hear my iPod ever, but. I, I actually, I had a, a friend of mine named hated me because I turned off his noise record. For a decade, he didn't want to hang out with me. <clears throat> Whenever we were at parties amongst mutual friends, because he had a noise record on, and I, I, I pulled the record off and I put on Revolver by the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, so look, I'm I've, I'm an appreciator of noise music, but that's nothing mm-hmm. to play at a party yeah, under yeah, any yeah. circumstance. Yeah, that's that's a little bizarre. I I like noise too. And I and... mean, unless you're trying to get something weird going. Well, what I mean, that's a that's a different level of weird. That's like not party weird. What kind of weird would happen if there's like a noise record on? Yeah, I don't think like it's not a sexual weird either. You it's want, just a weird weird. You want something that's pleasing to the ear at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't even have to have a beat, but just something that that you you know that makes you feel 
good, you know? I don't know. Yeah. And noise has never made anybody yeah, feel yeah, good. No, noise, the purpose of noise isn't really to make you feel good. It's, just, it's, it's to sit alone and contemplate your life it, you why know, no one loves you, you know? It's to, you know, experience something interesting, you know, like experimental, but... Yeah, I, I I would not put it on at a party. You ever go to somebody's party and you realize the bathroom lock doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's a that's a I mean that's just being at a bar. I've never yeah, been yeah, there. yeah. That's that's several places. Like I have like IBS. Like I shit all the time. Like if I go out for a night, I got to figure out how I'm going to use the shitter. And I've had many times when I've needed to take a shit and at the same time sitting on the toilet and trying to fashion different things in the bathroom so if somebody opens the door it can tripwire it yeah. like i put like the trash can in front of it in case <laughs> like i go to take a dump and then like somebody hits it so they know somebody's they, in there they get electrocuted yeah <laughs> like i should actually bring some kind of like macgyver stuff yeah. on the door if there's no lock on the door and it's like you know you have a fancy pants house i i need to <laughs> A booby trap that shoots a bullet into somebody's skull, you know? Yeah. I have I have a funny story that relates to you. I don't know if you know this story about you. Um, oh, it's uh, about me. This was well, about a, a girl that you uh, may have oh, one time dated. I don't, Erica, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember her name, but we were at, it was, I think it was uh, my 20th or 21st birthday party. And um, you brought a girl, and she just, my sister was peeing in the bathroom of this apartment. And this girl you brought to the party just walked right in and started just talking to my sister. And my sister's like, yo, I'm peeing. But my, your, that girl was just like talking and talking and talking. Well, my my sister was just trying to pee. And yeah. that's, a, that's a famous story in the Harmats family. Yeah, so well, Erica was that way. Like, you know, she lives in Portland now. Yeah. I'm a married man. You know, Eric and I had our time together. And I think that after that movement, a lot of my friends turned against Erica because, like, you know, she was a habitual line stepper. Mm-hmm. But she was a lot of fun to party with as a chick. You ever get stuck in a conversation with somebody at a party that will not shut up? Talk about this podcast. Yep. Right. Where you're, you're, you're I, think, I think the three of us are that guy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah like, you ever been, like, stuck in a corner with some chick and she's drunk and she's like, and then you know what? My father's from Minnesota and then mm. his brother's from Indianapolis. And then whenever we come down, we always like to sit and we like to go and eat certain tacos from certain places. And you're like, oh, my God, yeah. you're fucking killing me. You know, yeah. You're like, I hope her friend stops by to say what's up to her, but her friend doesn't want to talk to her because she talks too fucking much. You know, I've had coworkers like that, too. Oh, it, it, I have you, one You're, as you're well. trying to do your friggin' job, and somebody wants to just... I think I might be that coworker. Ugh. So you, you laying that on people? Finally. I'm going to edit up this show. Really. <laughs> I'm drunk. I'm drunk. I didn't even notice until just now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bud Light Platinum? Has it Bud Light you? Platinum. Has it hit you? Oh, yeah, I'm, you're, I'm good. You're doing good, though. I, I, you're holding it together, at least. Todd, all of a, I, I, just before my eyes, Todd made the, the, the switch. Like I was in Meltdown at the beginning of the show, <laughs> yeah. and now I'm squirrely sounding. Yeah. I sound like my dad from West Virginia when he's drunk. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. You guys are such lightweights. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We've been drinking since 8 and 9 in the morning. No, I wouldn't call that oh, light. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, I know, seriously, yeah. It's since eight thirty, we've uh, been drinking. Yeah, I, I, that's right. I didn't see the the all of it. I guess. You ever you ever be at a party and you walk in on people doing it? No. Um, I uh, I may have been that person from once once. once really, once, once. I, I've seen it concealed where like right. they're they're doing it in a place where people will see, but they're doing it in a quiet and nonchalant. Manner. So they're just enjoying themselves in a beautiful sexual but, way and but, being discreet but, but, about but, but, their but, sexuality. But, but extremely discreet to the point where, like, you kind of, are they? Yeah, I think they are, you know. That guy really putting it to her? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jeff, you have, no, have, you, have you been caught? Putting it to it uh, abroad. Oh, I feel like I, th- I feel like you're the kind of guy who has sex in public. Uh, it's it's been it's <laughs> happened before. I don't know if I how detailed I want to get into this, but. Um, wasn't at a party, but it was at a place, and I was definitely family of it. No, 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 <laughs> definitely not. No family, but uh, <laughs> there has been some sex, and I have been I have been caught having sex uh, a time or two, and it's it's embarrassing, but you like brush it off, and as long as you're not arrested, which I'm thankful I wasn't at the moment. Yeah, it's just like oh, you know, that was that was a thing that we did. It was fun. Uh, let's go finish up. Let's go finish up at a place. 
Yeah. Uh, I've walked in on people. I had a, a buddy that brought around his girlfriend for the first time. We never met this woman before. I meet up memorable. And uh, they, they, it was a house party at Sassy. Mm-hmm. And I walked into the room, and he was trying to take her virginity. Oh, boy. But he was trying to take her virginity for literally like two hours. And so I walked in on the room, and he's like, almost there. And like he was literally trying to break her hymen through the entire party. So we'd all just party. And we'd walk by a chicken on the room. We'd be like, how's it going? And he's like, almost there. And the girl was like, kind of waving her hand <laughs> up. Like, like, he's like spelunking or something. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. You have like a hard hat with a light on. And, you know. <laughs> and he just kept working at this broad. And... You know, but it, it 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 went on for so long, and so many people walked in on them that it just kind of became normal, casual party conversation. Like, <laughs> like he must have had either a the weakest penis, or she had the most rigid hymen <laughs> yeah, that a woman like, has ever had. It's made out of satin, super sexy. Yeah, but no satin you could penetrate. Could you penetrate? Uh, I guess I've never tried to like break through. I'm not, you know, I'm you haven't a... pushed uh, through satin with a, with your penis. I before. can't say that I have. <laughs> Uh, oh, God. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the Far Off Podcast. My name is Todd Perry, and I'm an inebriated. <laughs> yes, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Quinn. Thank you, Jeff. I don't know just where I'm going. Try for the kingdom if I can, cause it makes me feel like I'm a man when I put a spike in.